You're listening to Third Eye Talks, a podcast for the spiritual junkie, with your host, certified life and spiritual coach, Naz Rose. Hello, and welcome back to Third Eye Talks, beautiful listeners. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Um, last week, I touted my new membership, the Change Master Society, and some events that I have going on. So quickly, before we begin today, I just want to um, ask you to visit believeitlifecoaching.com to take advantage of those upcoming events and to find out what the Change Masters Society is all about. Um, today is a very exciting day. I always love welcoming guests and today's guest is extra special. So I want you all to join me in welcoming Aisha Nicole. Aisha is the owner of The Wellness Room. She has been an entrepreneur, forget this, 24 years, okay? Let's do a collective clap on that because that's an amazing, amazing thing. Uh, Before uh, she started off her, her journey as an aesthetician, Um, and has transitioned into being a retreat host and a business coach. She's a wonderful human. So I want you to join me in welcoming Aisha. Hi, Aisha. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me, Naz. I appreciate this opportunity to talk to your audience. Uh, Thank you so much. And I appreciate you jumping on this early in the morning to record (laughs) with me. It's okay. Early bird gets the worm. That's right. That's right. So Aisha, you know, I I said about you being an entrepreneur for so such a long time. I just have to say, you know, that is so incredible. And I'm just floored because you've been an, an entrepreneur for 24 years, but you're young still. So it's been the majority of your professional career and adult life that you've been an entrepreneur. So congratulations on that. That is incredible. Thank you. Thank you how, you're welcome. How did you, how did you begin that journey? Because you were fairly young. So how did you launch into entrepreneurship? What would tell us a little bit about that story? Okay. Well, honestly, I feel like I fell out the womb in entrepreneur. I'll start there. I started <laughs> my first little business probably around seven or eight with the lemonade stand and and then making little pencils with um, these little pencils that we took cotton balls and colored them and put eyeballs on them and would sell those at Christmas time. So I've always been creative and willing to monetize my creativity uh, from a young age, which I'm grateful (laughs) for. I attribute a lot of that to my mom because she's always, she's an entrepreneur also. And just always mm-hmm. was very creative. So mm-hmm. um, after school, I got the job, my first corporate job at IBM. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think I learned pretty quickly that I I didn't like being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> or there we go. First telltale sign that you're meant to be an entrepreneur. You don't <laughs> like being told what to do. That's a good one. Unless I wanted to do it, right? Unless mm-hmm. I was in the mood to do it. But otherwise, yeah. I didn't like being told how to show up. 
mm-hmm. um, my forms of expression. I remember getting a tongue ring. Then I was 21 when I got this job. I remember getting a tongue ring and getting pulled into HR about that. And it's like, oh, I just can't really be my free self here. And then I think the catalyst for me was um, the nephew of my manager was hired in a position that I felt that I should have received. And I had to train him. So to me, that told me like, okay, well, my merit, my efforts have nothing to do with how I accelerate or excel in this company. And mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I didn't like the way it felt. So mm-hmm. how things feel to me have always been just a key indicator of whether it's for me or it's not for me. And um, mm-hmm. I began, that probably happened around 90 days in, and I began mm-hmm. my exit strategy at that point, you know, but that was wow. the catalyst when they hired someone over me. Yeah. Yeah. And I had to do it. So it's like, okay, what feels good? Like, what do you enjoy doing? What makes you happy? Well, in college, I started selling Mary Kay. And Uh I found at the little Mary Kay parties, when you're supposed to be teaching people how to clean their face and do their makeup, I was doing it for them. (laughs) I was doing everyone like, just let me help you. I'll do it for you. So Mm -hmm. that was an indicator for me that, okay, well, maybe you enjoy this. And more importantly, I enjoyed how the women felt afterwards mm. like wow what a little cleanser and moisturizer will do for a person and some lip gloss like yeah so yeah. that was gratifying for me so that's kind of how I knew where to segue or where to mm-hmm. transition into what business was going to be best for me but I definitely learned it wasn't corporate early mm. Mm. that's that's an incredible story and I'm sure that people listening to this Many, many will resonate with that because I can tell you from a personal standpoint, I've been in that position where Mm. you go into a corporate kind of, you know, into a corporate job and you feel, especially in your 20s, and if it's like, you know, a job that you get early on in your career, you're very excited and you feel like, oh my gosh, the potential is here for me to like Mm -hmm. get to the top of this, you know, of this place and of this job. And then something like that can really, really crush you. But it sounds like you had this sort of self-awareness from very early on in this thing that said, okay, that's not going to happen. And it's obvious just based on this on this one thing that happened and I'm not going to stand for it, which is the big difference between, I think what most people will do because most people will say, okay, well, you know, I, I have to work harder or maybe not here, but somewhere else. And you decided to go ahead and lean into something completely different, which was, you know, beauty and aesthetics and, how did you how did you know that that was it? Was it just an opportunity that showed up and you were like, let me try this out? Or did you already have an inkling of like, I like to work in, in the beauty sort of thing or making women feel good? Did you have an idea that you um, liked that? Actually, I grew up in this in the beauty business or in the salon <sighs> because my mother is a cosmetologist and has been my entire life. So Mm. I kind of grew up around um, beauty and hair. And I remember in high school over the summer, I tried to go to cosmetology school Mm -hmm. and I hated hair, you know, (laughs) and, you know, my hair has always been all over my head. So I just figured like this probably (laughs) won't be good because I'm going to have everyone looking like me. And I just didn't like the environment of hair. But so, no, I didn't necessarily know 
Mm. Um, it was beauty, but I know that I appreciated beauty and I was raised with so much awareness around if you look good, you feel good, you know? Mm -hmm. So it really came in in college with doing the Mary Kay parties and Mm -hmm. just how good I felt seeing these women, um, you know, go from a three to a a nine or a 10 in terms of how they were feeling about themselves. That was very gratifying. Yes. It shot out the roof for them again with Uh something as simple as just how to properly clean your face and the different tone of texture of their skin. So I think that was it, you know, Mm -hmm. for me. Mm -hmm. And then once I decided I needed to leave IBM, it's like, okay, well, how can you, you know, make money doing this? Like I didn't want to do the Mary Kay thing because that still was a corporation, you know, that I had to climb yeah. tiers and things like that. So that didn't resonate with me. And I think I just found out what an esthetician was. I didn't even know what it was at the time. I just <laughs> was like, well, how can I get paid to do makeup? I was going to go into makeup artistry, but then like, okay, well, what if you're not, you don't have any makeup gigs, what else can you do? So that's why I went into aesthetics because it covered mm-hmm. everything from facials, you know, pretty much everything you can do in a day spa. Mm-hmm. Outside of massage is what we learn at esthetician school, you know, waxing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they call some healing treatment. So I explored a school, found a school that I was able to go to, got my manager to work with me with my hours while I went back to school. And mm-hmm. I went to school. And as soon as I finished school, I left the job. Wow. Wow. Which and, I think yeah. is another excellent point. Asking yourself, Right. If you're in a in a corporate environment and you're trying to launch yourself as an entrepreneur, how do I monetize this? Because of course we have to make a living, right? We have to yeah. we have to actually eat. <laughs> so how mm-hmm. do I take how do I take this thing that I find pleasure in and monetize it? And it looks like you you asked yourself that question and you found an answer in covering all of these areas of becoming an esthetician. And then I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you began to see, oh, this is sustainable for me and I can continue this journey. Yes. And I learned that, um, you know, I can earn a lot more um, on my own doing that. So Mm -hmm. I basically still continue to follow the path of what felt good and felt natural to me because the the job felt the opposite of that. And right before I finished school, esthetician school, um, my mom called, contacted me and let me know like, hey, there's a building right next door to mine that's coming available. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's empty and maybe you can come here and open a day spa. Now, I was wow. completely resistant to this because I was happy with my life in Atlanta. This was the opportunity was in California. Mm-hmm. Um, so it took uh, I was very confused and conflicted. Like, this is what I want to do. I can start my own business if I go there, or I can stay here and build and work in other people's businesses and things like that. So because mm-hmm. I was so conflicted, I fast, I did a fast. That was my first mm-hmm. water fast that I did for until it became clear, which took 21 days because I had wow. to quiet all of the noise in my head, you know, about, oh, but what about your relationship? Or what about your friends here? You know, all this chatter that was going on. So I did the fast and I just happened to wake up on the 21st day clear. The plan was there, how, how long it was going to take. I had $500 on my credit card. I maxed it out to <laughs> start the business. And that's how it began. Wow. Basis baseball. Wow, I love it. You're touching on so many points. So uh, another one is mentorship, right? Because even though your mother was your family, she was in a way 
uh, mentoring you and saying, hey, there's this thing or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's the, this thing available for you. So I, I love that you're touching on mentorship, because I think if you want to become um, an entrepreneur or even if you're in corporate, you, you need mentors. You need people who are going to kind of show you the way, however that looks, if it's a coach, a friend, a, you know, a, a boss, somebody that you really admire you need that mentorship. And so you had someone who brought the information to you and then you did a fast. So, okay. So in this brings me, I guess, to my biggest question, which is all about using your intuition in business. And you touched on that, you know, a little bit with the fast, but if you are, let's say considering leaving or pivoting your, you know, pivoting your business or leaving corporate to go into entrepreneurship, or even if you've been an entrepreneur and you have the desire maybe to get back into corporate, how uh, can you give us some tips and some things that you have done in your own journey that have helped you to use your intuition to make those decisions or maybe signs that show up for someone that they need to pay attention to because it's telling them about where they need to go next. Can you touch a little bit on that? Sure. Um, I'll keep going back to how you feel. You know, yeah. like I knew I was uncomfortable in the position that I was in. And I'm not mm-hmm. a person that can sit in discomfort for prolonged periods of time. Mm-hmm. I have to do something to shift that. So one, paying attention to how I felt. And then I went the path of least resistance. Like, Once I made the decision to pivot and go towards what felt good, different opportunities started presenting themselves to me along the journey. You know, Mm -hmm. so I went into school and school, I learned, you know, like, okay, I want to specialize in this and took more classes and, you know, eyelashes and things like that, because I still want to stay more on the beauty side of the business. And Mm -hmm. then the building came available. And, you know, and then once I made the decision to go, just the how, you know, it really presented itself to me, but it still was just staying in alignment to what felt good, paying attention to the quote unquote coincidences that occurred. Like it <laughs> was no coincidence this building was right next door to my mom who mm-hmm. offered assistance to me, you know, because she had a full client base with other stylists in the in the salon. So they naturally just funneled the business right over to me, you know, wow. so that to me, that was another synchronicity. Like there's a complimentary business that's right next door. You know, um, my mother already had a relationship with the owner of that particular building. So that made it easier for me. You know, I just um, did my best not to do the salmon run or to go upstream and to continue Mm -hmm. just to just go with the flow. And I feel Mm -hmm. like that's a big part of using, paying attention one, and then using your intuition, like, okay, well, this feels right. When the opportunity Mm -hmm. would present itself to me, does it feel right? Is it flowing or am I having to run upstream? And Mm -hmm. is it easy? You know, like the things have just kind of opened up. If it was too challenging, um, then I felt like that was resistance. So mm-hmm. it was a no, yeah. like, because my life flows as part of what I pray about every day yeah. to flow and yeah. have harmony, you know, and all that I do. So isn't that, that's, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Cause I think that summarizes it as best as anyone could, which is don't, you don't have to choose hard. And I think that that's, um, 
it's a mindset that kind of mm-hmm. comes from male dominant energy and the hustle culture of like, it's got to be hard if you're not doing things, you know, you got to work for it. You got to sweat you. And it's like, ah, uh, do you? Right. <laughs> or do you, just, you have to work hard, play hard. Or... Yeah. You, you, isn't it so much easier and in alignment to just go with the things that flow and that feel easy for you. And I think that that really begins to happen when you're in your purpose and when you're doing what you're meant to be doing, like things really just begin to flow and feel easier for you. So I think what you're saying, if I understand you correctly, is see how you feel when it's time to pivot. And if the next thing feels in harmony if it makes sense, if it doesn't feel like you're going to have to be doing, you know, swimming upstream, like you said, then, then go that way, you know, go that way of go follow the path of least resistance. And over time, you'll begin to be able to do that more easily. Yes. And I want to clarify that this doesn't mean that the journey has been easy. Like there are moments of hard work and sacrifice that come up in anything when you're yeah. moving towards what you're doing. But in the sacrifice, it still felt good to me. It still yeah. felt like this is the right direction that I'm heading. It wasn't like, oh, I just show up and wave a wand and stuff shows up that way. I'm still working on getting that, yeah. <laughs> getting to that yeah. phase. There was still <laughs> some work that was involved with it and, and sacrifice, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it was completely worth it. You know, I ended up before I left California with three locations and they wow. were successful and to uh, mentoring other people to go off and open their businesses. So it was um it was very rewarding the entire journey. Um, wow, that's wow. even got me to where I am now. So mentorship is also was very helpful with that as well. Ah, oh, beautiful, beautiful. I love that, and I and I think that in just this little bit of time, we've learned a lot, and maybe. We've even gotten confirmation. So if for my listeners, if you're if you really listen through this conversation, what you'll hear is there's a bunch of gems in here, like choose the things that feel easier, get into your intuition, really listen to your feelings and what they're telling you um, and go for it. Everyone can live their purpose. I tell people this all the time. It doesn't matter how abstract it is. If you choose your purpose, the opportunities will come to you, which is something that Aisha just said. Um, opportunities just began to show up for her the minute she decided to do what felt really good for her. And the same will be true for you. So I hope that you are able to take that away from today's conversation. And so Aisha, if we want to, you know, fangirl you and we want to follow you and we want to see where you are and what you're doing. Tell us a little bit about what's coming up next for you and where we can find you if we want to, um, you know, hear more from you or, you know, take your business coaching or um, go on one of your amazing retreats. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay. Well, um, I segued over into moving, hosting retreats, healing retreats for people or just getaways. I do most of them in Costa Rica. I have mm. one coming up in May of 2023 in October as well. Um, mm-hmm. All the information is on my website, which is AishaNicole.com. And Aisha is spelled A-S-H-I-A, Nicole, N-I-C-O-L-E.com. 
and pretty much everything that I do is <laughs> on that is on that page. But um, I also have information about coaching, um, business coaching. If anyone is interested in moving into entrepreneurship and needs a little mentorship, I'm more than happy to uh, support in that area. And I'm on Instagram at at Aisha Inspires at A S H I A Inspires. I-N-S-P-I-R-E-S, Aisha Inspires. Um, and you can find me there. I'm very accessible. So you can always send me a message and hopefully show up to one of the retreats that I'll be doing sometime in the near future. Yes, yes, yes. Take advantage, dear listeners. Reach out to Aisha. Attend a retreat. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, that I always tell clients, especially the ones that are trying to become entrepreneurs, is get all the help that you can. There are people out there who have gone through the journey like Aisha has. 24 years of being an entrepreneur is quite a feat. So if you want to know how to take on that journey, how to use your intuition um, to, to begin that journey or to continue it, please reach out to Aisha at all of her, you know, at her website or follow her on social media and reach out, DM her, take advantage of these offers because the journey doesn't have to be painful. People have already done it and they can really tell you how to take some shortcuts and how to make it a much more enjoyable journey for yourself. So take advantage of that. Please remember, um, to check out believeitlifecoaching.com to hear more about the Change Master Society, about my upcoming event called Becoming a Master of Change, and follow me on social media. I'm everywhere as uh, at Believe It Coach. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see you next time on Third Eye Talks. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye, Aisha. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Third Eye Talks, a podcast for the spiritual junkie, brought to you by believe it life coaching follow us on instagram at believe it coach or visit our website for more information believe it life coaching.com